TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you, and as always, it gives me great pleasure in introducing the fabulous co-founder of The Wellness Couch, the founder of Forage Cereal, my brother from another mother. Oh, how I miss him. He's recently back from Thailand, Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. Sawadee kaap. How are you, kaap. with you. kaap. Thank you. Nice to uh, to be here back uh, in freezing Melbourne. I got to tell you, it's so cold right now. Yeah. Anyway, sunny, yeah. no rain. Tell you what, it won't be cold. Won't be freezing cold in Ikaria when we're there this year. We've already got uh, a band of uh, registrations for 2020 demo. I know. It's um, incredible. It is so. But do you want to tell people why? Why? Why are so many people excited about 2020? Uh, because we're going to the island where people forget to die. Are you going to say something else? Well, I no, I don't. Just... No, no, no. That is so early days. Don't even. <laughs> don't. We are going to Ikaria, uh, September 2020. Are we doing anything else? Um, go to 100notout.com if you're interested in this trip. It's still got 2019 details there because we are going there in a couple of months. But. Um, 2020 is already uh, on the list for about half a dozen people. So, um, this is a small, intimate 10-day longevity experience on the Greek island known as the island where people forget to die. And we might do something else as well, but we're definitely not going to make any announcements. Man, I've got a baby almost due. There is nothing else happening in my life outside of a baby. Let's not come up with grand plans, big ideas. Tell me about that. Like, we're only days away. Really. Days away. Days away. As we record, we are eight days away from a due date. Uh but it could happen yeah. any time. Well, as this goes out, you may already be... Yes, a, a, yes. A, when yeah. this episode drops, it could be the baby could have dropped. <laughs> yeah. Well, it certainly would have dropped. It might have dropped out too. That's it. it. The, uh, I've never caught the baby. Never caught the baby. Are and you going to do it this time? I realised why. All of Sarah's births have been water births. So it's very hard to catch a baby in water. Got him, <laughs> yes! <laughs> That's what I did. You're saying that you dropped catch. No, but I, uh, Jackson, um, he was born in water and I caught him on the way out. Yeah, but like they're floating in the water, so you're not there to catch them. Like they're just maybe kind of just you know hold the head as it, oh, as as it exits, and then you know as the baby then comes out. Yes, yeah. So you're talking about you you, you handed Jackson to Michelle. Well, I I was there. I caught him as he slipped on out, and and and, and didn't drop him. And then well, you can't drop him. They're in the water. They they <laughs> don't thing. float. They don't float. They do sink. Oh, really? Oh, there's no air in them, and there's virtually no fat. So, oh. of course, they go. Anyway, so yeah, this time I want to do 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 what you did. Tommy <laughs> didn't breathe for Test the first it. two minutes after oh, when he came out of the water. First so two I'm, minutes. I'm a bit nervous. I've, I watched oh, yeah. the video back the other day. It's like torture. No one else was panicking except for me. Well, that's probably because the umbilical cord was still pumping. There was still blood going oh, through. Oh, no. I think Sarah was just in the high of just having a baby. So, she was like, it'll be fine. And mm. look, our midwives were great. Um, and, they are, and and the wonderful midwife, Libby, is um, coming back for this birth, which is wonderful. She lives on the same street as I, I just, I just, anyway, don't know why I'm bringing all this up now. That is my one little 
around birth is you better take that first breath, baby. <laughs> yeah, well, it's going to take a bit of courage to step back in there again, I think, PC. Tell you get what. Back there and catch Tell that little what. baby. That's it. So, anyway. Boy or, boy or girl? Boy or girl? No idea. Oh, it's a surprise. Full of surprises. Love it. You are. Life's, life's not. Life, as my mum tends to say, there's not enough surprises in life. Everyone wants to know the answer to everything. So, we yeah. are just Hang going in. into the unknown. I love it. Going love into it. the unknown. Now, we've got some big news, which mm. is really um, a great topic of conversation on this podcast. Both of us have big news. You go with your big news. All right. So, so my big news is that Sarah's mum and dad have – bitten the proverbial bullet, sold their house in Inverloch and oh. are moving up to the Byron Shire. Wow. In a matter of weeks or months. It took them eight days to sell their house, which is just another reminder of when you are on purpose in life and things are flowing that yep. you can do no wrong. Uh, yep. This is not, you know, some suburban Melbourne house. It is in Inverloch, the country Victoria, small town, bang, eight days. Boom. Boom. So, they'll be up here uh, by Christmas, which means we will have three generations uh, living up here in the Shire. Uh, we'll have a bit of help for our four growing children, um, which I'm so excited for and I'm pumped for the need. kids to have. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Totally. Need with a capital yeah. N. And, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, the kids get to have that special time with their grandparents, which is what we talk about a lot on 100 And I love the- Are they going to live in South Golden Beach? They'll live in the Byron Shire somewhere. Um Imagine they were next door. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Oh, look, I'd, I'd love them. I, I, I love the idea of a, you know, a one-acre um, piece of land with, you know, two houses on there or however you do it. I just love particularly going to Ikaria and you see the proximity of which there's my auntie and there's my second auntie and there's my, that's my cousin over there, you know. I love, <laughs> I love all that stuff. But um, I love the the courage of, of people who are Rob 71, Jill 69, it's a lot of courage to move states and all the rest of it, um, you know, um, at, that, at that point of life. So, that's my big news, but uh, you've, got, big news. you've got some big news along similar lines as well, speaking of courage. Well, I do, it, but the, I think the thing here is that, and let's not wash over this or gloss over it, it's a courageous step to leave what you've known for your whole life. Massive. To, to then go to an environment which you know, quite clearly they trust Sarah and you in making the decision to move up to the Great Byron Shire. But it's a big deal. Like, it's a big decision just to pack up your life, leave all that you've known all and all known. that's familiar. Seven decades. Yeah. Yeah. Well, have they lived in Inverloch for seven, 70 Oh, uh, no, but like Latrobe Valley, Gippsland region for 40-plus yeah. years, and then they grew yeah. up not far from where you are. Um, yeah. Right. You know, um, Bayside, Mordialic, kind of, um, you know, that, that area. But it's more, it's been in Victoria that whole time. Mm. Um, yeah. So, all of the kids are up here. So, all of their kids and all their grandkids uh, live up in the Byron Shire. So, all of that is a great thing, but that doesn't make it any easier. And some parents wouldn't move up. Like, um, but I just think it's courageous that, and you know what is interesting? Like, socially, it's almost, there's this view at all, oh, you don't, don't, go and follow your children or whatever or your grandkids, you know, you don't know what will change. But you look at all the cultures that we talk about and the people that we talk about, like it's a it's a really it, – there's a lot of um safety in family, a lot of security, and not to mention the the wonderful growth of relationship building that you get to have with generations. So, 
Oh, yeah. I yeah. honour it because it's almost socially not uncool, but it's, yeah, no one would hold it against them for staying in, in Victoria either. No way. Well, it's a great state. Great it is. State. It is. Fantastic. The best. Um, just lacks a bit of weather consistency, but not that that's a problem because that's why you live in Melbourne or you live in Victoria because you get to have four seasons, which is great. Similarly, Piercy, my mum, um, yes. who's been a single mother, single parent forever since I was seven years old, she uh, has shown incredible courage throughout the years um, to the extent that we stayed in our house even though um, she was a single mum and she had to pay our mortgage and then raise children all by herself. Fortunately, my wonderful, amazing um, grandfather and my or my papa and my nana were there to help out. Um, she stayed in that in that place for a number of years. Then she took the courageous step to move out of that area because she never liked the area. This is Dandenong. We're in Dandenong. Wow. And she sold that house. And did pretty well, you know, pretty well. But then decided that she was going to take a big step and then move closer to where she worked. And she worked in Brighton and she couldn't, you know, get to Brighton because of the, the money side of things. But she bought a house in Murrumbina, which is literally across the road from Chaston. She said, location, 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 Damien. That's what you have to remember. <laughs> and she bought this place in Murrumbina. Sold that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, which was great, um, obviously in a downturning market, but still got a great price for this place. So and she then, should. Yeah. And then she made the courageous de- decision, again, all by herself, although she now has a partner, a, a, a wonderful bloke, David, awesome guy, um, and, you know, I, you're really the love of her life. And they've made the decision to buy another place um, here closer to where I live, which is just – unbelievably great so just this morning we left and they just made an offer on this place and i was so proud of mum because of her courage and the courage that it takes to you step up to the plate and go you know what i'm prepared to pay this much for that place um knowing that she's not going to work any more days because she's Mm. now retired um and she's just dropped you know a, a great offer to purchase this place and um and now she's you know, going to uproot again and, and do it all. But I think one of the great things is, is that she's been able to build this just through making courageous decisions that haven't necessarily been outrageously risky. This is it. Yeah. Not, it's, not, it's not, you know, high risk, high reward stuff. It's just batting in the V, staying in the groove. It's just blocking out, you know, the tough balls and, you know, hitting a four every now and then. Stoic. And getting twos where you can. Stoic. You know, so she – Exactly. It's a very much she's had a very, you know, Steve Smith, David Warner kind of innings. They've just just stood it, stood there and just faced a, you know, adversity and then gone on to become champions. And that's what my mum is. She's just gone and done that. And I'm so proud of her. I think it's just amazing. And I think, you know, you and I sharing that story of courage to make decisions later in life, I think is uh, it's really important. So my term for it, which I made when I was listening to Rob and Jill tell their story and I'm going to apply it to your mum and I then want to ask you some questions about it. I call it conservative courage. They're not reckless, as you said. They're not putting all of their eggs in one basket, but they are making big decisions with big consequences. And I feel like it is the complete opposite to how many people 
almost feel they should live their lives today. I don't know if it's a social media thing or a stage of the world thing, but I feel like it's almost cool to be reckless and quit your job to do what you love and just go for it and all in and all the rest of it. But whatever happened to just test match cricket? Whatever happened to just sticking it out, hanging in there when it's tough, like, the you know, um, enjoying the struggle without realising that or, or without thinking that because you're struggling, you should change or quit or or get out of line. Like your mum clearly, as you said, didn't love where she lived, but she could see a vision that meant that she could, uh, and even if she didn't say in her words, she could see a vision. Like she realised at the time that was where you were meant to live. She stuck it out. Like I just wonder, I even put myself in this as well, like, where are we in, in sticking it out instead of just moving on to the next thing because what we've done right now is, you know, it's too hard, can't be bothered sticking it out. Like, we're a different kettle of fish. Mm. Well, we are a different kettle of fish and, you know, this is a replacement kind of or a replacing yes. kind of stage in evolution, of the evolution of the human and uh, or the evolution of the world, people are replacing. So when things get broken or things get tough or they get tired or they get tethered, they replace it rather than repairing it these and days. That could, and be a, that could be a limb, that could be an organ, not even just a couch. <laughs> it could be, oh, just go get a new kidney, yes. a new heart, a new hip, a new knee. Yes, um, and absolutely. not that there's anything wrong with that, folks. Don't crack it. Just no. Just reinforcing your replacement point. It's not just a new couch. It's even new body parts. It's, yes, that's right. And there's a number of reasons. One, it's more uh, possible now than ever, ever before. We're a richer country, so we can do those sorts of things. We've got access to all of this stuff, and it's not that expensive anymore. You know, whether you get a, a couch from King Furniture or you get a couch from Amart, it's still a couch, and you mm. can just do it. You know, so – but we're less likely to repair stuff. I remember when our vinyl couch had tears in it. Um, when we were living in Dandenong, we tried to find someone who could repair the tears in the vinyl yeah. instead of actually going to get a new thing and maybe it was a couple hundred dollars to repair it as opposed to a couple of thousand to buy the new one. But that got us another five or six or ten years, you know. Yes. So that was just what you did. Like it didn't have to be brand new all the time. These days we probably do brand new a bit too much. and um, It's hard to find but- repairers, particularly for <laughs> furniture. Yeah, for vinyl. Yeah, crikey. Yeah, where are you going to find that? You're just not going. They're not. They're not on every corner store. But um, I, yeah, I, I'm with you, mate. I think that people kind of move on a little bit too uh, early. They maybe it's a, a premature, a premature, um, you know, end to you know what could have been uh, for a lot of people. So they kind of just you know move on too quickly. Um, I think a premature. In- maybe it's a premature evacuation. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that one? <laughs> For all of our other cheeky-minded listeners, hearing Damien Christoph uh, talking that language, you can hear the toilet talk and all of that. Um, now, I tend to think that the maturity that you're talking about there, the lack thereof with your earlier comments, but the maturity that you're referring to, I tend to think that element of human nature is what sets um, is what sets the exceptionals apart from the mediocres. I think the the wisdom we can learn from our parents about sticking it out and and hanging in when times are tough, I think those generational um, lessons will hold us in good stead in the year 2019 and in the year 2099. Um, I don't necessarily think, like, because I am a chucker. 
I'm not a repairer. Sarah laughs all the time. Something doesn't fit. I don't even think to donate it. I will just think to chuck it in the bin. So it's like, no, no, no. You know, donate and all. And it's just, it's, it's, and I don't know if it's, it's a my mum thing or whatever. But then I, when we're doing all of these interviews and learning about success in life, it's actually about, uh, it's not, it's not necessarily wearing small clothes on a growing body. That's not what I'm talking about here. But I am talking about learning the lessons of, hanging in when times are tough and not giving into the social media facade that just because you don't like something, you can just go and buy something new. Do you feel that they're the kind of goalposts that really would be wise to keep stuck in the ground and not try and move too much? Well, it, that's a value judgment, isn't it? It's a value oh, thing. Absolutely. But I'm saying it more trying to be objective based on on anecdotal research of lives lived rather than going that's what i believe i'm thinking is is the evidence overwhelming that sticking in when times are tough is going to be something that is going to hold any generation in good stead what we know pc is that people who are making it to 100 lived in an incredibly different time to what we live in now so it's really hard to know um what you know, what's going to work? We don't know if what we're doing now is going to work until we, you know, until we get to 100. So I suppose it's all a hypothetical. But the thing that we do know is that stress builds strength. And so whether we stress out our bones, we stress out our muscles, we stress out our organs or we stress out whatever, the stress builds strength. And I think that's really important. So if we take the path of least resistance all the time, um, we're less likely to be strong and resilient. Do you know what I mean? I agree. So, can I ask you a couple of things? Can can I just say one thing? Yeah, please, please. Keep going. Um, So, there is a great saying, and I think it might be, I don't know if it's Oliver Wendell Holmes, but you will correct me. It says, the path of least resistance has made many a crooked man and a crooked river. And um, and so, or maybe it's a crooked river and a crooked man. But the, the point there being is that if you take the easiest route, you're, you're less likely to be solid in your conviction. Yes, I, I like that. Mm. Oh, I really like that. I, I've probably got the person wrong. I don't know if it's Oliver Wendell Holmes. But he does say a mind once stretched never returns to its original position. But And I love that's my favorite quote. But um, that I think that's a really good thing to be mindful of, that yeah. sometimes to take the path less traveled. Um is obviously courageous but and can have great reward as opposed to necessarily taking the path that's most risky. So, so my thing is that, that it's very easy to um, look at today and go, well, we've got to change the rules because we live in a different world. But then I look at like Michelangelo, born in 1475, died in 1564. Like, unless my math's incorrect, he lived to 89. That's pretty good. Almost four or five hundred years ago. Like, gee whiz. Do you know what I mean? Like, the world yeah. was a lot tougher. Tough. Tough. No antibiotics. No, no none. vaccination. None. None. No none, chlorination. No, no fluoridation. No fluoride. No medicate. Like, then I look at Charles Darwin. He lived till 73. Pythagoras, back in before Christ, uh, yeah. 570 BC to 495 BC. Like, you've always got to do it backwards, but that's 75 years of age. Yeah. Like over two and a half thousand years ago. This so, is probably when the average age was like 35 or 40. Yeah, 100%. Or 50 maybe, you know. And my whole, the reason why I'm bringing these old examples up is because they had to do it tough. I tend to think, again, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, correct me if you think 
if you disagree. But I tend to think that choosing toughness, choosing um, cho- like consciously choosing struggle, and if you don't, then struggle will come upon you anyway. But consciously choosing struggle has a there is a longevity superfood in struggle, like struggle that you want to go through, whether you want to paint something amazing or stay up late working out why angles in a triangle go that way or working out how to how to uh, sculpt, make a, a sculpture of a horse out of bronze or whatever. Like there's something in choosing difficult paths, as you called earlier, the, 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 the road less traveled. Oh, again, it's all anecdotal. And we can't stick an needle in their arms to figure it out. But I, I tend to believe there is a longevity superfood in the road less travelled or a longevity factor. Imagine putting that into a bottle. Um, well, I yeah. agree with you, PC. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm thinking about it, you know, and it's it's interesting because science yet hasn't unravelled um, why we live a long time. Yes, they say, oh, your telomeres will shorten or you, maybe you, <laughs> you know, what, <laughs> you know what I mean? They might say those sorts of things, but – there's no, there's no real proof um, as to what is the most successful recipe for living a long time. So we've got to live a great time. Um, we look at Wim Hof, for example, who's doing biohacking. Um, I don't know whether or not you've got to jump into the icy cold bath. Uh, every I love, single day. I love that he does it. Me but, too. But other Me people, too. you know, Pablo Picasso was was painting up until he was ninety one. I think. I don't think he was hopping in an ice bath every day. No, no. But maybe he didn't have a heater. So, <laughs> you know, there's there's yeah. different. It's you're right. I think you're right. I think you said it was a conscious challenge or a conscious choice it, to it was, do what's hard. To do what's Mate, hard. The conversations we have off air about you and forage, and just the the challenges of business. What do you which mean? Is, forage forage is a easy forage is a dream. <laughs> yeah, it's an absolute dream. But it, whether it's yeah, whether it's an artist, whether it's someone creating the, um, an incredible cereal, whether it's a health practitioner, like doing what they love, but knowing that there's hard work in that, I, I, I definitely think, and again, I'm convinced of it. Everyone else can go stuff themselves, but I'm convinced that there is a longevity factor in doing hard work. And as we Me said too. earlier, we're either all right like or we're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's, uh, that is yeah. correct. That's true. Yeah, I like it. Good conversation, PC. Yeah. So, kudos to our parents for stimulating yep. this conversation. Um Good on you, Robin Jill. Dead set. Thanks for listening, Mum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our joke, you know, we've got a couple of listeners. I don't think she's ever listened to a podcast. Well, you have to send her this one. Mm, maybe. Send her this one. Um, all right, folks, if you'd love more conversations like this, join us in Ikaria uh, on our 10-day longevity experience. It may not be this year uh, because by the time you're listening to this, it might be well and truly done or uh, sold out. It might be 2020. Um, details over at 100notout.com, the island where people forget to die. Greek island paradise could be yours when you join us on this trip. Damo, uh, thanks again for your company as always. Thank you, PC. So great, PC. We love these chats. For more on Damo, head on over to DamienChristoph.com or ForageCereal.com. Uh, myself, head on over to MarcusPierce.com.au. And it's really about time, Damo, that we start mentioning that uh, you will be and we will be uh, together again at the Wellness Summit coming up in Melbourne, August 17 and 18, this year at the Williamstown Town Hall, the seventh time, Damo, you and I have presented at the Wellness Summit. And so if you'd like more of this content, come and join us for two days at the Wellness Summit in Melbourne in August of this year. Um, 
All right, folks. Thanks again for your support of the podcast. Joseph Tomo, our editor, Rosie Garner, who does all our social media, everyone who makes this podcast possible, including you, our lovely listeners. Thanks again for your support. And until next time, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.